annoying sound in the world. Well, I mean, we have good players and we got a good set. I mean, we're, we're in a, we just got to get, we're right there. You're, I mean, you're not, it's not like we're getting ran out of the stadium. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but we're, at the same time, it doesn't matter whether you ran out of one play. You're right there close, but you got to, guys are right there and, and how hard they're playing and, and the belief they have in what we're doing. And we just got to keep executing. We'll find a way to make a play or two and all of a sudden you'll get over the hump. That's kind of getting Boomhauer vibes, isn't it? I I don't I don't think Boomhauer I don't think even Boomhauer talks that fast. <laughs> Guys out in the alley drinking Alamo beer would understand Boomhauer a lot more than they'd understand Jimbo. Ah, uh, uh, brilliant stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, for all you King of the Hill fans out there, if Jimbo Fisher was a King of the Hill character, yeah, that'd be fun. I guess it was- he'd be uh, Buck Strickland, maybe owner of the the, the propane. Propane and propane accessories. That was uh, Mm. one massive run-on sentence. Um, It was both a question, a statement, um, all right there in one massive run-on. Well, it's good to hear from the 20th best head coach in all of Power 5 football, according to CBS Sports. We ran down the list yesterday. 69 Power 5 head coaches in the sport. Brent was, what, 52 yesterday, I think? Yeah, 52, that's correct. Shane Beamer was massively disrespected at 40. He moved up from 41 to 40 after beating two top They improved uh, by one win, so we'll move him up one spot. (laughs) Uh, Jimbo Fisher comes in at number 20. They do the top 25 coaches today, and there's old Jimbo at 20. He was ranked number five last year, which, oh, my God. Uh, He moves back 15 spots after that five and seven year. Still in the top 20, old Jimbo. Yeah, I, I don't know where you rank Jimbo Fisher. Um, I don't think that he, he's he's definitely made the roster in College Station much better than it was when he took over. Ah, better than it was when he took over. They recruited really well under Sumlin for a while. Yeah, also. they did. So it wasn't devoid of talent whenever he took over. It, he wasn't Matt Rule going to Nebraska, right, by any stretch. There was, there was a bunch of top players that had, had gone through A&M. Um, but he's, he's made the roster better. But has he made the roster better because he's a great recruiter or he's a great coach, or has he made the roster better based on – Strictly some of the availability of, air quotes, options that they've uh, given players. Uh, well, not only that, but they've also had the, the, the edge in recruiting of being the only SEC program in the state of Texas. Which I'm not saying that that matters for yeah. every single recruit, but it matters for enough recruits in the state of Texas, right? So, yeah, your overall point, I think, is... Well, yeah, Jimbo Fisher has recruited well. Duh. How could no one recruit well at Texas A&M in the NIL era and with them being the only SEC school in the state of Texas? No, I agree. He's improved the talent defensively, but has he really improved the talent offensively? Because more times than not when he's been there, they've been a bad offense, man. You know, a really bad offense in some years. That's what I was about to say is, you know, he is – like. The side of the ball that is is his strength is offense. You know, he's the offensive coordinator. QB whisper is what I've been led to believe. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, he – that's supposed to be his strong suit, but I don't even know 
I'll start going back through the years. When's the last time they had like a top ten offense at A and M? They may, a, a, a top ten nationally. That that yeah. prop that may not have happened. The last top ten offense he had was maybe the year they won the title with Jameis. Right, and maybe even that one wasn't. I I don't remember. But you may not. I'm going to guess you're probably not going to find a top ten right. offense since he's been at A and M. So, I if if. Right, Nick Saban is known as a defensive-minded coach, right? Defensive coordinator, that's that's where he got his start. It would be strange if Alabama never had a defense in the top ten, right? Or if Lincoln Riley, as an offensive-minded head football coach, never had an offense in the top ten. You know, it's it's strange. And I know he's, he's moved to uh, a CEO-style head coach, but I, if that's supposed to be the strong suit of what you bring and you're never that strong, I don't know that you sit there and, and clamor and claim that he's one of the top coaches out there. I agree. No, I what agree. Was his, do you know his first year there? His first year there would have been, let's see, they won the title at Florida State in 13, went to the playoff in 14. Uh, I think maybe twenty. It was sixteen or seventeen. I'm going to guess twenty sixteen was his first year there. Yeah, the best offense that I've seen that they've had um, is probably right around fifteen or maybe out just outside of fifteen. That was twenty eighteen. Okay, so it's it's been it's been a while. Yeah, I, and I. It, most of the time, they're nowhere to be seen. Uh, okay, so here's the top 25 Power 5 head coaches, according to CBS. Stop me when uh, you, you got a hot take here okay. or you think it's dumb. Uh, Dave Dorn at NC State at 25. God, that's just like one of those middle-of-the-pack names, I feel like. Whatever. Done a good job with what they've got. Like, yeah. See, I would say that he's done uh, as good or better at NC State considering what he has to work with than Jimbo's done at Texas A&M. P.J. Fleck, row the boat at Minnesota at 24 on the list. Tough job. He's had a couple of really nice moments. Lance Leipold at KU at 23 after a six-win season a year ago. Underrated. And if they they win eight games this year, he's the coach of the year. Yeah, he may be. Uh, At number 22, you have Mac Brown, head football coach, University of North Carolina, coming right. in at 22. Prove it, you're Mac. You've got um, the second best player in college football in Drake May. You better do something with it. At number 21 is Brett Bielema, who once said in a postgame press conference after a win that he was going to go jump on his wife. He's the head coach at Illinois, and he's number 21. They had a good football team last year. Really good. Under really the radar, good. good football team. They uh, – Probably should have beat Michigan late in the year. I think yeah. they got uh, screwed on a call or two at the end of that game. Yeah, that's right. Um, they've done a really good job. Now he's lost his defensive coordinator to Wake, um, but he's done a really good job. See if they can keep marching. Uh, at number 20, he can also sell you a used car with 250,000 miles on it. It's Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M at 20. We just mentioned him. Mike Norvell, who got a massive contract extension this offseason, uh, could be a prove-it year for him at prove Florida year. State. He's at 19. Um, I, you may say that's I, – I, I think you could make a claim that he's maybe underrated there at 19. That's not an easy place. Jimbo left that place in ruins. Yeah, he um, did. <laughs> it, it hasn't been an easy turnaround, and he's got them – it feels like on the verge of perhaps uh, 
being elite. Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky at 18, solid as it gets. Uh, maybe the most underrated coach in the in the SEC. Tough job. It's a basketball school. What? It's got to be the only basketball school in the SEC, and all he's done is brought consistency. Yeah, and the basketball coach is constantly <laughs> trying to pick a fight with Seriously. him. No, I think underrated at 18 probably. Uh, Michael Gundy, number 17, Oklahoma State. Consistently, without a doubt, top Top 20, top 15 coach, year in, year out. Uh, he rose 17 spots from last year. Your boy Josh Heupel, number 16 at Tennessee. Underrated. Um, another job that is impossibly difficult. Um, you have a lot of resources at your, um, uh, you know, within reach. You got a lot of people helping you out, but you also have a toxic fan base that can chew coaches up and spit them out not easy with what he was left at Tennessee and he's done a really good job top 15 now we got Dave Clawson at Wake who's just 59 and 53 in nine seasons there but well just having a winning record at Wake maybe is impressive in itself I said Wake a minute ago um why am I drawing a blank Dave Dorn NC State is that what you're thinking of uh, now I can't even think of his name defensive coordinator Ryan Walters uh, where did he take the head job? He took uh, Purdue, right? Purdue. Why am I? I was thinking Wake. Sorry about that. Wrong, wrong team. Uh, golly, really? LOL. Here, here's the first one that pops up on the list that I say, God, I just think that this is way too high. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a top fifteen head coach. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss at fourteen. I just, I, I, I understand why he's top fifteen. He's always in the news cycle. He's funny. He's entertaining. I just don't think he's the 14th best head coach in, in college football. Well, he's not. I'm well, just, like, he, like, he was like one in five down the stretch last year. I'm trying to think, like, what is his best accomplishment as a head coach? Not as a coordinator, as a head coach. Uh, he didn't have a great year at USC, at least one I don't remember. He won six games in that one year at Tennessee. I did he have one good year at FAU? Is, is that like the year before they they played OU? His first year there, twenty seventeen, maybe good, really good quarterback or something. That yeah, was a transfer, may, maybe. Um, I honestly, I, I I mean, unless he's done like he's been okay at Ole Miss, but he's been like an eight win type of team at Ole Miss so far, right? Which at Ole Miss is not terrible, but that doesn't necessarily you mean that you should be the 14th best head coach. Right. I'm I'm of the opinion, man, that if you insert any other coach or just some random coach during the same time frame at Ole Miss and the exact same resume, that coach is probably not ranked 14. Like, Lane, Lane Kiffin is there because people like him and he's entertaining and he's funny. Right. You put Ryan Walters, who you just mentioned, as the same resume at Ole Miss – He's probably fringe top twenty-five, if if that. Right. Yeah i I don't know where I'd rank him. Um, he, it's just, he had a let's see. He had he was seven and six at Tennessee. He was he had one ten-win year at USC twenty eleven. They were ten and two. Um, Florida Atlantic. They had that one good year. His first year, they were eleven and three. Then they went five and seven, and then they went ten and three in nineteen. And he was five and five first year at Ole Miss. Then ten and three, and then eight and five. So, as a coach, he's had at Florida Atlantic had a couple of ten win seasons. Had one at Ole Miss, 
one at USC, but I mean, most of it is just okay. seven and six. Yes. Yeah. Just okay. Gets off to a seven zero start last year, but goes what one and five down the stretch. You right. know. All right. Let's let's move uh, quickly through these last ones. Chip Kelly at thirteen. Boy, you talk about someone. Uh, the entire opinion changed on him in a year's time, didn't it? Went yeah. from the hot seat to top fifteen coach. It's interesting. I, you know, Chip Kelly at Oregon obviously really changed college football and really changed football in general. Uh, went to the NFL. I feel like maybe that kind of stripped him maybe of some of his love of what was going on and what he was doing. It found, it seems like he's found it again and rekindled it. Uh, Chris Kleiman at K-State at 12. I, I can't complain with that. Sonny Dykes higher, at maybe. TCU at 11. Yep, let's see if he can back it up. He's won at a lot of places. James Franklin at Penn State at 10. Way too high. Again, shocking. Luke Fickle at Wisconsin at 9. Wow, okay. Well, he mm-hmm. took Cincinnati right. to a college football playoff. Sure. So. Ryan Day at Ohio State at 8. Boy, is he fading. Kyle Whittingham at Utah at 7. Strong agreement. Yeah, good football coach. Brian Kelly at 6 at LSU, man. Hard to argue. It really is. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan at 5. He was number 9 last year. Yeah, and the fact that he's been as good as he has at Michigan with a quarterback that I frankly can't even name from any of his tenure that he's been there is pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, I think it's all just the same quarterback, and yeah, they just switched last names or McCarthy, something. McCarthy, Corn, yeah. something. Uh, number 4, your boy, TBOW, Muleshoe, Lincoln Riley, head coach at USC. Let's see. Um, last year had the Heisman Trophy winner, and – I. I don't know. Was it a disappointment? I know for what they have been, it was a big upgrade. But if you had the best player in college football, didn't win your conference, didn't win a bowl game, you could you could call that a disappointment. But I think they'll have a, a good year. Dabo still hanging tough at number three, top three head coach. Prove big, big year for him. Prove big year, year for him with Garrett Riley. Uh, Kirby Smart is at two, and Nick Saban's at one. I agree. I agree with uh, Saban at one. However, smart if, if Kirby wins a title this year and makes it three in a row, then ooh, then you. I, I think you got a conversation on your hands, but Kirby, I think on most of these lists next year will be the number one head coach in college football after three consecutive titles. I don't know. I Nick Saban's won championships at multiple places. He's he's still a CEO of the best run in college football that we've seen ever and during the most difficult time to do it and they are still right there and I know the the thoughts are that they're they are fading but I don't know we'll see Frisco sooner how in the hell is James Franklin ranked number 10 gives a great interview man he's a great talker people like him it's it's He's, if you've he's ever better. listened to me talk, you know that I think it's all fraud. Well, you know, we we still make fun of Lincoln around here for saying, well, I mean, we're, we're close. And Lincoln's really good at giving a we're close speech. No one even compares to James Franklin. James Franklin can make a uh, eight-point blown lead against Ohio State where they end up losing by two. He can make a Penn State fans just feel all better inside oh, yeah. about how close they really are to finally getting over the hump. I felt like he's given that same speech five consecutive years after losing to Ohio State, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's very convincing of how close Penn State really is. They're right there, yeah. and I, you know he's he's got to break through. I mean, it is tough. I you do have to at least admit that he's at a very difficult place 
I mean, in the current landscape of the Big Ten, yeah, for I sure. Mean, just think about Penn State. Of all of the different divisions of Power Five football out there, how many of them does Penn State win year in year out? And they're third in their own division every year. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not winning the. I mean they're not getting close in the in the SEC. I think it, the ACC with the way Clemson's been rolling. No, I think the Big Twelve maybe a year or two there, but not consistently. I mean, well, I'm saying divisions. I'm not saying. Like win the the conference title. I'm just saying he's third in his own division. Whenever Penn State would be, you know, the best team in in a oh, lo- sure. most oh, yeah. divisions. Well, it's and- the second easily the second toughest division in all of college football. And depending on what the SEC West looks like in some mm-hmm. years, if LSU is down, then it might be the best division in all of college football. Yeah, that's right. All right, got to hit a timeout. Quick timeout, 651-3439. Hit us on the Knippelmeyer text line. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. You're simply the best. Summer is just... It is the rush on the ref. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios on this Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, congrats to OU men's golf and head coach mm. Ryan Hibble. OU advances out of the Norman Regional and will compete at their 12th straight national championship. It got a little interesting today yeah. for OU men's golf, but they uh, figured out a way down the stretch. They're going to their 12th straight national championship if you could go back um and i suppose you had a nice career at ou in the sport that you chose but if you could go back and choose to play any collegiate sports at a big time uh, institution like ou <laughs> why would it be golf because <laughs> golf would be uh, like football you get the most fame and the most prestige from that but also you know there's there's some things that you got to go through that you don't in some other sports not to say that the OU men's golf team doesn't work hard, but dude, they got to go to a tournament in Maui last year. Like they get to see like college football, you get to see some cool atmospheres, but men's golf, you get to see just some really cool parts of the country. Like all of it would be awesome. Yeah. It's interesting. And you get to play at the Jimmy all the time. It's not bad either. Yeah. I think the uh the thought of being really good at golf is really, really enticing. Like that, that is about like I could, I really don't care about, you know, going to see these places and playing great court. I mean, that's it's awesome to do that, but I don't even like golf and I that entices me. Yeah. I just, I don't know that I would pick golf. Which one would you pick? Club hockey, club ice hockey. You gonna get out there on the rugby field, the Tarzan pitch. I, God, I'm, you probably would pick rugby. No, no you. I'm thinking between. It would be either baseball or track. I don't have many regrets about athletics because I played pretty much everything. I, hell, I was on the swim team at one point. Uh, played soccer all the way through high school. None of us need that visual. Okay, let's move ahead, please. Um, but my regret is that I quit baseball too early. I don't think you would have been very good. I may not have been, but part of the unknown is I. That's you know that that I appreciate as I've gotten older and maybe 
my mind has slowed down a little bit and I've just approached things differently. I've, I've gathered a more, more of an appreciation. You for know what, baseball. what's funny about you is I, I guess I've never thought about it, but we joke all the time about Rocky Kalmus. Yeah. Rocky was basically an all American and he played with uh, two broken arms, a broken femur. And he right. had like four, bro- uh, you know, he, uh, Rocky was always hurt. I don't remember you ever having a serious injury at OU. No. You, you know, so you never had a serious injury at OU. However, when you were growing up playing other sports, you got hit in the mouth in baseball <laughs> playing third base, right? right? And then basketball, what the last basketball game you played, you tried to dunk, the ball hit the rim, and you fell right on your back. Like you have some drastic uh, injuries yeah. outside of football and never had a serious uh, injury. And in, that was interesting. Uh, yeah. In basketball, I had one of the more serious injuries you could ever have. Uh, just totally destroyed my ego. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've, I've grown to have more of an appreciation for baseball and the kind of regret not playing more growing up. So that's probably what you I would have struck out a ton or track, man. I love track. There's something about sports, and, and golf is is one uh, for sure, but there's something about sports whenever it's it's totally on you, totally dependent on yourself. The team is not going to offer you anything. It's a long game to, to build yourself up, to, to go through tons of pain for fractions of a second. Camo Sooner says, come on now. We all know that Teddy would have started the equine program at OU. Yeah, he used to call himself a horseman. Wow. I would like to see him try. Yeah. Yeah, that would not that would not be good. Uh, Jay and Tulsa, I agree. Same here. I also just got a visual of Teddy in a Speedo, and I can't uh, unsee that. Come on, Jay. There's That's awkward. Don't text that in next time. There's, keep, uh, keep those things to yourself. If uh, here, re- read this real quick as I'm uh, as I'm talking. You let me know if we can read this one or not. Another okay. joke about you on the uh, swim team at Fort Gibson. Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, swim team in Fort Gibson. Are you sure your PE coach just wasn't checking you out in your speedo? Yeah, I'm. Sh- well, I guess I'm not sure. Um, but oh, why am I drawing to blank? Um, Miss Glover was the uh, swim hey, team coach. Hey, all right. <laughs> Miss Glover, okay. Uh, Eric in the OC, I played rugby for OU from 1983 to 1987. Teddy would have been a beast at rugby. 93 to 97. What did I say? 80. Oh, yeah, 93 uh, to 97. That would have been quite the, the collegiate career, 83 to 97, playing rugby. I got, uh, I got approached – to play, uh, to go, was it Las Vegas or maybe it was like Denver or something, to to go try out for a rugby team whenever I was, was like, probably this would have been like 2009 or 2010. Um, it was interesting. I, I thought it was uh, something worth, like, had I not been still at the point trying to play football and trying to make money, I – Probably would have done it. Man, what a bunch of regrets in your life is what it sounds like. Yeah. Also got uh, offered to go try out for the bobsled team. Ooh, sweet. Now, that there's one. a missed opportunity. The I collegiate know. bobsled team? No. 
Oh, or I'm just saying a collegiate oh, bobsled yeah, yeah, yeah. team since we're a collegiate bobsled team or a collegiate bass fishing team. That there is yeah. like does, does OU have a bass fishing team? I think so. I feel I feel like they do too. I yeah. think they do. Um that's it seems like that got really big for a little bit. I don't know if it's still it's still a big thing or not. Like some colleges really started getting into that. Uh you know, now that people stream a lot of these sports, there's there's some different sports that have popped up, like gaming, man. There's Gaming I, is still a big thing. Scholarships. And I, I don't understand that, but, know. you know. Uh, know collegiate meat judging athletes, or whatever they call them, at Texas Tech. There you go. There's the uh, <laughs> there's what you would have chosen. I'll, uh, still, a lot of uh, James Franklin is a loser on the text line. I, uh, you know, OU hasn't played Penn State since when? The 1985 Five, season, yeah. 1986 Orange, Orange Bowl. Bowl. I think that's the last time they've played. Now, no one's forgotten the Joe Paw comment about Barry Switzer all those years ago. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if some are still harboring some hate towards Penn State, but James Franklin is not popular amongst our listeners. I just they I, I get the sense they feel that there's a very uh, it's a very overrated coach out there. People do not like when it doesn't matter what it is, what arena. People don't like when somebody is like pushed to the top and highly thought of whenever it's not really earned. Um, you know, he's, let's see, never won 10 games as a head coach at Vandy, um, but did take them to back-to-back nine and four years, which at Vanderbilt is, that's is impressive. A, that's, yeah, that is. Um, got the Penn State job, seven and six his first two years in 14 and 15. Then they won 11 games, lost in the Rose Bowl. In 16, 11 and 2 in 17, 9 and 4 in 18, and 11 and 2. So, three out of four years there from 16 to 19, they won 11 games, but didn't have a whole lot to show for it because I, I don't think they. I don't think they won the Big Ten in any of those, except didn't they win maybe a share of it in 16? So they won They won a Big Ten championship game in around 2016, 2015, 2016, one of those two years. Yeah, because that's the only year that they've been first in the East. Okay. So it was 16, his first I couldn't year. remember if it was old Bob, Bill O'Brien, that won that uh, Big Ten title at Penn State or if it was, yep. uh, or, or if it was James Franklin. You know, my, my answer, my final answer here is – I'm going to uh, play a sport. I guess it would be football, but you can make um, you can make money elsewhere. Just just go just go to a school with a massive NIL fund and just be set for life. I I read a story today. Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterback yeah. at Miami. There were rumors two or three weeks ago, like, uh oh, there's some real rumors that he's going to transfer to Alabama and be their starting quarterback. Right. And I I knew it from the time, and it turns out it's true. And I gotta give it up to the kid. It's brilliant. I, I I hate it, but it is brilliant. Tyler Van Dyke knew his situation at Miami, saying, "Well, they don't have anyone else behind me at quarterback. You know, we weren't good mm-hmm. last year, but Miami, my head coach, they are absolutely they screwed. Me. They they are. I might be the best player. They are screwed if I go to Alabama. And it sounds like he got some more NIL money out of Miami just for flirting with Alabama, which I absolutely hate that that's a thing in collegiate football. I, I really, I do hate it. But at the same time, the kid did get more cash at the end of the day. This is the, uh, this is the whole coach not necessarily saying that he's coming back and rumored to be interviewing somewhere, right, or his agent has been making calls. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, just to get that pay raise. So, yeah. Lane Kiffin School of Negotiating is what it sounds like to me. Hey, if you are um, if you are 
if you're in the game, you might as well play it. And the game right now is NIL, and you've got an opportunity to up your position. Uh, you know what they want from you, so get what you want from them, I guess. That is the consequence, though, of being one of these schools that's so out uh, you know, out front of things with that's NIL. True. You know, at, at OU, a school like OU's active in NIL. But is that going to fly at Oklahoma? Maybe not as easily, though, if you're not so out front with it. I, I think I don't it all know. depends on Depending the player. On, if it was Jackson Arnold, <laughs> then it probably would be the same scenario. But when if it's Miami, if it's Oregon, if it's A&M, then I feel like you've got your success rate with that move is a, is a whole lot higher. Yeah, if, if you're at a school that's got a lot of NIL money floating around and you're, you play a position of importance and there's literally nobody behind you, I, it's not like – professional sports where you've inked a a binding contract and they're going to say nope sorry you you know the uh the ink is already dried on the contract no this is college sports you just say oh you know what i'm going to hit the transfer portal and that'll nil contract is null and void. <laughs> isn't that what florida state's been trying to do essentially oh <laughs> uh, that's that contract we signed acc now let's let's uh we don't like it. We're gonna try to get out of here. Do do something about it. I, yeah, I know that we signed it. Okay, we all signed it, but do something about it, or we're gonna try and leave. We'll I'm, figure out a way. We'll talk about that later because I've got some, uh, I've got some opinions on on that whole situation. But by the way, Keon Coleman, uh, thank you, Drew from Flower Mounds. He is uh, committed to FSU, going to Florida State. Who's that? The wideout, wide receiver from Michigan State, was probably their best player that? last year, and that's big for FSU. I think he could be a nice little number two wide receiver alongside got a Johnny top Wilson. Five. Yeah, and Johnny Wilson, Bill, six six, six seven, kid. How tall is he? He's huge. Right? Six six, I think. Yeah, or may- I think it's taller than that. Actually, was it six seven? It was big. He played like he was seven foot two in some of those one on ones. He did. It was something that is pretty much outlandish that I've never seen before. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a, that's nice a big pickup for Florida State. They really already nice. got a really good quarterback. So yeah. they virtually have everyone back from last year's team and some nice portal additions to go along as well. They do. They do. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community. We're out. A few texts to get to. Actually, several texts to get to. Let's get to a handful of them on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and then uh, I'll let you unload on your big opinion on Florida State and uh, yeah. what they did yesterday. Uh, let's see. From the 9185 of Florida State's players went to Colorado. Yeah, how many of those players were going to get to play at yeah, Florida State I, this year? I'm not – you're right. I'm not exactly sure about – like, I, I, re- I saw that and I saw the names – no one really sounded – I think it's fair to assume that starters were not bailing on Florida State whenever they're poised to have maybe the best year they've had in a long time to go to Colorado. Negotiating throughout the offseason, Ohio Sooner says, well, that's what Mike Gundy does every offseason. That's what I'm talking about. It's been about. a while since he's done that's that, it. but, yes, there, there was definitely a time. 405, a lot of haters on the text line. James Franklin wouldn't have uh, went three and six. Ooh, half kidding. Steep fall off after number eight. Someone has to be there. Yeah. You don't know that James Franklin wouldn't have gone three and six last year in conference. 
Uh, Maybe he wouldn't have, but well, you never know. I mean, he's – it's not like he's put out uh, – he went four and five at Penn State in 2020. He went seven and six there. He was – he went four and five in conference uh, in 21. I mean, that's not much better. So – a lot of meat judging jokes on here yeah. that probably can't get to. Uh, texter 7903, can't read that one because uh, it's a little inappropriate but still funny. <laughs> Sark's Vodka, always inappropriate, says, I, as the head coach at Texas, am a competitive drinker. I only compete with myself. So There you go. That's where we're at. All nice. right, you think Florida State has made a grave mistake here with all of this? Well, Here's the thing, man. I just I just know that and we talked about this some yesterday, but the rest of the teams in the ACC, the teams that are, you know, middle of the pack or towards the bottom that are going to be taking less money so Florida State can take more are not going to be happy about it. And I just I feel like Going out there and putting this massive target on your back is going to be a problem. I think the ACC would have been much better served if they, instead of fractured a little bit, which they have, if they became tighter as a conference to where they could then, as a group, demand some changes in their contract, right? Um, but whenever you're fractured, you've got no ability to do that, right? Whenever different people are wanting different things and, you know, they're angry at each other, there's no way that you can stand together and, and renegotiate a deal. And now since they've done this, there's going to be animosity between the members. And my expectation is that Florida State will have some type of scandal in the next year or two. They could. Hey, here's the, here's what I worry about from the ACC side of things. Not that I truly worry because I really don't care what's going on in the ACC. But they budged at least a little bit on this deal, right? Now, right. Florida State is happy for now. Clemson right. is happy for now. And now that the ACC has budged a little bit, Florida State and Clemson kind of maybe feel like they won this time around. What are they going to ask for next? That's right. That would be my concern with the ACC. Well, you know, I think the biggest thing about, you know, the seven teams supposedly that feel like they've got a good position to, to go. So, there's nowhere to go. I, I think everyone there is better served trying to band tighter together and do whatever you got to do to go to ESPN and demand a better deal. Um, my, to me, that's their, their best option. I don't think there's a whole lot. Like the Big Ten may expand, but I think they're expanding west. Um, the SEC is adding Oklahoma and Texas. I think they're good, honestly. I think that they like the the payout number that they're at. They've got a new contract that's about to kick in. I mean, life in the SEC is really good right now. They they don't. I don't think that they're stressed to add anyone. I don't think so either. So, to me, the the best thing the ACC could do is everyone get together and start making some critical demands that it's time to renegotiate that deal. I understand that they're under contract. How often do people under contract renegotiate their deal? It happens all of the time. Constantly happens. And 
I know they're bound by the grant of rights, and you feel like you don't have many options. You sign your life away for the next, what is it, 15 years from now or something like that. I know that you could feel that way, but I, it's in ESPN's best interest that everyone in the ACC is happy, too. True. Drew from Flower Mound, who do you think has a better chance of making the playoffs this season, Florida State or Clemson? It's a good question. Um, Clemson does get that game at home this year, which I think does help them a little bit. I'm not, I'm not selling on Clemson like everyone else. I'm, I'm going to stick with Clemson, the better chance to make the playoff this year. Got that game at home. Um, I, mean, I think that they're going to be better offensively. I still think they're going to be pretty good defense. I think I got a chance to be real good defensively, actually. Here's the thing, man. Florida State's chances of going to the playoff could be done before they get out of the month of September. Absolutely, they could. They play LSU in week one, and then they're at Clemson in the fourth week of the season, September 23rd. And Neither of those are home games. One is in Orlando, which is probably going right. to feel like a home game for them, but still. Yeah, well, there'll be a bunch of LSU folks there, too. Sure. Yeah. So, I I would say Clemson, but I don't know. I think Florida State could still be a, a two-loss team and and make, to, make it to the college football playoff. They've got a lot of people behind them. I mean, I think they've got, they've got a bunch of good, exciting players. I, I don't think that they would, would be a team that the committee would turn their nose up if they won the ACC with two losses. But I would say Clemson just like you would. Yeah. I, I'm just factoring in that I think Garrett Riley, I mean, he is he is now a proven commodity as an offensive coordinator, is he not? He wasn't that a year ago, and I know it was just one year, but when you take Max Duggan, or you help Max Duggan go from a guy that didn't even win the starting job to the Davey O'Brien award winner, I mean, that's a that's a pretty nice feat there, in, even if it's just been one year. It's That's true. Now, here's my pushback is um, it was one year they made it to the national championship. There's no doubt. Um, but Sonny Dykes has had excellent offenses at a bunch of different places. Garrett Riley hasn't. So while I'm not sailing on Garrett Riley, I, I, just, I feel like it's maybe not necessarily – proven yet that he's going to be able to do the same thing with Clemson's offense now he's going to have some (laughs) it's pretty good year he's going to have some good players he'll have uh he'll have plenty of opportunity there and I think we'll know right away like I I lean towards what you're saying that he's going to take that Clemson offense to the next level I, I feel like that's the case but I do have to at least acknowledge that there is a little bit of unknown still with Garrett Riley all right Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Fresh flowers, fresh air, fresh love. Everything is blooming, and it's time to love your ride. Bloom into savings this May only at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Check out the Envision's versatile, sleek, luxurious, and on the lot waiting for you. Take waiting for someone just like you. So go see yours at 154 National Forests and 20 Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See your somewhere. Come on. 
Caven's Group bringing you this hour of The Rush. Caven's Group, they are a five-tool player because they can do it all. Mold removal, uh, emergency repairs, they are all over the place. They can do it all. 405-573-3048. Let them help you with your home or your office building. Again, that's 405-573-3048 or cavensgroup.com. Santa John wants to know on the text line, Tyler, has there been any game time changes for the Norman Regional? Rain highly likely for Friday. Um, I'm going on OU Softball's Twitter page right now because I haven't seen any. I don't think any have been officially announced, but is that is that the case? Is there heavy rain in the forecast for Friday? Well, uh, I just looking at the app on my phone says 70% chance of thunderstorms on Friday. I, I would guess... If there's going to be game time changes, that that would be something that's announced either like Thursday, like yeah, as I you get closer. Tomorrow, I would think tomorrow, but no, as of right now, Santa John, no, there's been there's been no game time uh, game time changes to softball. We'll just get David Payne. News yeah. Nine issuing their own uh, softball postponement for this weekend. You heard it here, <laughs> only here, live on News Nine. From the 405, does the OU fan base have rose-colored glasses on thinking the offense is going to be improved? Lost five starters to the NFL, unproven wide receiver and offensive line. Dylan Gabriel has tendency to overthrow and poor third-down efficiency. Do we have rose-colored glasses on thinking the offense is going to be improved? Well, yeah. I, I think that there's always going to be some bias built in uh, for anyone, you're either going to be biased for or biased against. Um, I think that uh, you point out some good good things here. Lost starters to the NFL, but you know they're they've got good replacements. We lost two tackles to the NFL, and I think we have a really good chance to be as good, dare I say, better at tackle with Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton. So. You've got that. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel did have some tendencies to, to overthrow, and we weren't good on third down. I think those are good points, but I, we've got a lot of talent in the wide receiver room. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of folks that think the offense is going to be better, myself included, but there's caveats to that. I, I don't just think across the board we're going to be better this fall offensively. I think there's a good chance that we're better because – I think some guys are going to uh, – I think our offensive line has a chance to be better than it was a year ago. Well, I think we're going to be good in the backfield. Lost five players to the NFL. Yeah, you mentioned offensive line, chance to be better. Eric Gray's one of those players. I'm optimistic the running backs can be better this year than what it was last year. Very hopeful of that. In fact, yeah. I expect that to be the case. I mean, some of the – like, there's caveats there. I don't know that anyone is just blank across the board that we're flat out going to be better. Um, but there's a, a good chance of that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got hour number two next. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and ninety-nine point three FM, K twenty-five seven DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world.